Hey, Gorge. How are you? Uh, hope you're having a lovely day. Um, I am, and I'm only wishing the best for you, obviously. Um, how campy can we make this? That's a good question. Um, anyway, lovely to be here. So happy you're here. Uh, welcome to the Between Me and Drew podcast. There's a lot of fluff in this intro, let me tell you. Uh, my name is Drew, believe it or not. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a bunch of cool shit. Um, and uh, I'm quite excited about it uh, because storing flowers in coolers and cold storage um, in a couple different ways and manners is kind of a big deal for us. It's, 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 we, it's a very important part <laughs> of floral production and growing flowers and event design and all of the things. So um, we've got several points today. Um, and today's episode is sponsored by Leo Burby Bulb Company. So we have a message from them in the middle. Um, so you get to hear about Margolin and the crew. And we're also going to talk about, you know, several crops that come via Burby um, that we do store for a quite a while. Um, so we'll talk about that too. So hope you're ready. Hope you're as excited as I am. Um, have we done enough of an intro? I think you kind of get the point of who I am and what we do here. If you don't, go back and listen to the previous episode because I'm pretty sure in that intro we kind of talk about what we do. Um, anyway, let's get going. Um, so first thing, we're going to just like quickly run through our, our, key, our three key points that we're going to talk about today and the, the, the three key principles um, of storing flowers in coolers. Um, and we'll cover this at the end. So if you're driving and you, you can't take notes right now, it's totally fine. Um, but the three things that we always keep in mind are know your goal, know your product, know your space and its limitations. Those are the three things. Know your goal, your product, and your space and its limitations. Um, so let's dive into this. When we talk about know your goal, I'm referencing how long do we need to store this product for? How fresh is this product? We'll get to that in a minute. Know your goal. How long do we need to store this product for? How many days um, does this product need to be forced for? What is it looking like? An example of this would be, um, which we run into this every Mother's Day season in some capacity, um, is, and you could apply this to a wedding too. Um, we need product for Valentine's Day. Okay, so that's our goal. Um we need product for a specific wedding. Okay, that's our goal. Now we need to factor in our product. Um, this is where it gets a little tricky because if you're working with a very short-term product, prolonged cold storage is uh, probably not going to be your best friend. Um, so if you're working with, um, oh God, lilac, ugh, she can be tricky um, because in the cooler, she looks lovely for weeks. But as soon as you take her out, she can have a hissy fit and then you're all going to be pissed. Um, but you need to know your product because lilac is a hell of a lot different than tulips. Okay. Um, because if we know that our product is going to be coming in early before Mother's Day, and we're talking like two weeks, three weeks, um, we need to store those because... I know 
that we don't have the market to move 20,000 tulips three weeks before Mother's Day. I need that product for Mother's Day on on the week of. That's when we have to have it. Um, so we know that our goal is for Mother's Day, and we know that we need to have our product for that week. We also need to factor in some of the other things that we have control of. We don't have control of the weather, so scratch that bitch off the list, but we do have control of when that product is harvested. And the reason this matters, and this matters specifically for tulips, because tulips are very, very forgiving uh, when it comes to being harvested too early, believe it or not. Um, If we know that we need to store a product, i.e. tulips specifically, for a prolonged period of time, um, I'm going to have the crew harvest them a little bit under color because... um, I'm going to do that for a few reasons. Um, one, though that crop is going to be in the cooler for longer. So tulips are still going to grow vertically when they're in storage. So if we need them to be at a good height, um, we want to make sure that the bud is starting to color, yes, especially on singles uh, and more so on doubles. We want to see more color on doubles, but um, I still want to see a little bit of green there, actually quite a bit of green. Um, I want to see a little flushing, a little blushing coming through with the, the color of the flower that it's supposed to be uh, because we are going to have to store these for quite a while. And um, that's that harvest time, and how they're handled post-harvest um, really are the only two things that we have control of um, when it comes to the product itself uh, in the field. Okay. Um, now, the next thing we need to take into account is to know your space and its limitations. When we're talking about cold storage here, we are operating with, um, we have three coolers that we use for storage, and they're all powered by cool bots. Um, and our cool bots are able to keep each cooler respectively, um, around like 36 to 38. That's where we usually fall, especially in the springtime because we have colder outside temperatures. So it's easier to keep them colder, um, rather than like the heat of the summer. Um, so when we are talking about tulips, and peonies and other spring things like ranunculus we want to get those coolers as cold as they can go without freezing obviously we don't want to be freezing because frozen coolers are mean frozen flowers and then that's not usually a good situation Um, but we need to keep in mind you know do i have enough space number one to store fifteen thousand tulips okay so if I've got 15,000 tulips and I can fit ugh, about 50 tulips in a bulb crate standing upright on its end, that's going to be 15,000 divided by 50. That's 300 bulb crates worth of flowers that I need to be able to store. Um, so that's a lot of square footage, okay? So I need to know my space in that regards. I also need to keep in mind, does when my coolers are packed full of vegetation like they are going to be in the spring, do they have the ability to maintain a consistent 38 degrees? 
If not, what do I need to do to be able to achieve that? Or what can I do to facilitate that goal, the meeting of that goal? Is it, you know, installing some air circulation fans? Is it hanging some box fans? Is it punching another hole in the side of that cooler to put another AC unit and a cool bot in there? Because it might be investing $1,100 into a second AC unit and cool bot might be pretty cheap as compared to losing half of your tulip crop because the cooler wasn't kept warm enough, wasn't kept cool enough, or, you know, the original AC unit went out and then you're screwed and then blah, 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 blah. So those are things to kind of keep in mind and take into account as well. So we need to know our goal. Are we storing for a holiday? Are we storing for a wedding? Are we storing for a special project? What's the goal here? Know your product. What do you have control over? What can you influence? What can you change about that product um, in regards to harvest stage, in regards to how it's handled, in regards to the temperature, etc., which ties into the third of knowing your space and its limitations, okay? So those are the three things that I always think about when it comes to storage, um, regardless of whether it's long-term or short-term, okay? Um, we'll get into some other things that I was that are in my mind a little bit later, um, but I I th- I also learned this um, not that long ago, um, and I think it it makes a lot of sense. So when it comes to using coolers for a little more short term, so like a week or less. So this is going to be more so reflecting like harvesting flowers during the week for market on the weekend or getting product in or harvesting your own product for weddings or selling to florists selling to florists who are going to be storing your product for a week all of all of those situations where you're not storing for weeks and weeks on end um but you you do need to store it for more than you know a couple days one thing i learned is that um flowers are going to respond to the cooler temperature somewhat in relation to the environmental temperature that they were being grown at. And it was, once I like wrapped my mind around it, I was like, holy shit, that's totally right. Um, because if we're wet storing spring crops, okay, wet storing, this is going to be, you know, storing flowers in buckets of water the stems have access to water, which is different from dry storage, which we'll talk about in a little bit. If we're wet storing crops that were grown in the spring, spring crop, ranunculus, anemone, uh, tulips, um, snaps, uh, stock, dianthus, all of those things are going to do lovely, stored very, very cold because they are already somewhat used to cooler temperatures. Uh, They're going to have a water source they're gonna, you know, they're, they're totally fine. Um, but since they're used to colder temperatures, they can be stored colder, very cold, 34, 36, 38. Now, when we get into the hotter crops from the summer, i.e. dahlias, um, and we're still wet storing in buckets of water, um, this is going to be where we're kind of in like a medium cold. And I, and I want to retract this because um, when it comes to dahlias in particular, 
I don't like the I don't like to use the word storage um, because it's just not a crop that does super great uh, being stored for prolonged periods of time. So let's use the word holding. We're doing like a short term hold on dahlias. Okay. Uh, so if we have to do a short term hold on dahlias over the summer, we want to have our coolers like be in the 40s, mid low to mid 40s, totally fine. Um, and that's also the same temperature that we are going to hold things like celosia and amaranth and azuratum and cosmos and uh, asclepia, um, lisianthus. All of those things are used to warmer summer temperatures, so they aren't going to super duper love being super duper cold. Okay, so let's just call it like a medium cold. Now, let's move on further into the season. Fall and winter crops, again, wet storage. And again, just like spring, these crops, these plants, these flowers are now used to colder temperatures. So this is going to be things like fall snaps, fall dianthus, um, heirloom mums. Oh my God, heirloom mums, you can hold them for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks if you can keep them cold. They're amazing. So amazing. Um, again, getting it right back down into the 30s. That's where you need to be if you're talking long-term storage uh, for for fall and winter things. Um, if you're forcing anything bulb-wise, same story. So if you're forcing amaryllis, if you're forcing paper whites, tulips, lilies, um, all of those things can be stored cold. Um, now, let's go back to... Um, Let's talk about lilies in particular because they are a very interesting crop for a couple different reasons. Um, one of those reasons is because you can dry store them, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. That'll be after <laughs> after we hear from Burbies here in just a few minutes. But um, lilies are a crop that is fantastic for being stored for prolonged periods of time. Um, there's kind of like a, a short list of things that are, are fantastic for, for storage. Um, lilies poppies, lisianthus, um, tulips, obviously, peonies, absolutely. We'll get to peonies when we get to dry storage. Um, ranun maybe I said ranunculus. Anemones do lovely, long-term stored too. I was very surprised by that. Um, so there are lots and lots of things that, you know, if you have the product and you know what it's being used for, um, and it you know, if this is especially true for if you've got, you know, a, a specific wedding that you're growing for and you don't have to have, you know, the longest vase life um, out of that product, storing something for a while is probably going to be fine, okay? Um, it's going to be okay. Is it something that you're going to want to do for, like, grocery store product where it has to have that very long vase life? Eh, probably not. Uh, not for most stuff, but when you are talking about, you know, really rugged, um, reliable, consistent crops like lilies and tulips and peonies, etc., that's when you can can really get by with that flexibility aspect. So I'm going to grab a drink really quick. Um, Burbies have a message for you here in just a few seconds, and then I will see you on the flip side um, where we start talking and kind of diving into dry storage and how long we hold things. Um, and more of that in just a second. So I'll see you then. I think this is so timely because Leo Burby Bulb Co. is such a key component to our farm. Like, 
straight up. Um, Leo Burby Bulb Co. is your one-stop shop for all things bulbs, bare roots, perennials, etc. They're family-owned and operated for over 50 years. Leo Burby Bulb strives on providing exceptional customer service. Truly, I agree. Um, and while Leo Burby specializes in bulbs for spring and fall planting, they also have an incredible young plants division that can broker plants and plugs from over 30 different growers. So whether you order online or you call into the office and, and you know phone in your order, uh, the process is very simple and straightforward. There's no order that's too large or too small, and there's no boxing minimums on orders either. They're family-owned and operated. I love them to death, and the customer service is honestly the best. Um, so be sure to use the code DREW when you place your order online, and you'll get a free gift. So super simple. You're ordering at the very end. Uh, there's a you can put like a promo code or in the notes section. Um, just use the code Drew and say that you heard about Leo Leo Bold Co on our podcast. And uh, Marjolaine will make sure you get a little gift. So there you go. Thanks, Leo Burby. Love ya. Okay, I'm back. I got distracted by Instagram for 45 minutes, but you wouldn't know that because the internet isn't real. Anyways, so lovely to be here. Thank you, Burbies, um, for that, for sponsoring this episode. Um, I think it's safe to say that we get a lot of product um, through Leo Burby Bulb Company, um, and a lot of that is things um, that we do intentionally grow because... Um, well, for many reasons. One, the product is lovely, but also these crops in particular, ranunculus, tulips, peonies, lilies, etc., can all be stored for a prolonged period of time, which is lovely because when you are growing and emphasizing your, your time and energy and effort onto these types of crops, um, it makes holding them for the ideal sale a little bit easier. It um, makes it easier to kind of manage the inventory that you have on hand. Um, if you, you know, need to maintain a, a certain level of quantity or inventory at all times. Um, so it, it, it really, it lends a really great hand, uh, to, to today's topic. The last thing we're going to talk about, uh, before we depart is, um, the topic or the concept of dry storage, which for some people, um, kind of is like a, a, a groundbreaking thing and they're like very caught off guard by it. Um, which I think is entertaining because this has been happening for decades and decades and decades. Um, the concept of storing flowers without a water source. Um, and the way that we're able to achieve that is by a few things. Um, one, making sure that our air temperature and our cooler temperature is very low. Um, and B, maintaining a relatively high level of humidity. Um, high ambient humidity and low temperatures are key to cold storing and dry storing, uh, dry storing in particular. Um, the way that we dry store is going to depend on the crop and its specific requirements. Um, and what that means is, you know, we can't store tulips uh, horizontally uh, because they are geotropic. So they're, they're going to grow against gravity. Um, so they need to be vertical so that the stems, uh, as they continue to grow vertically in storage, are going to stay straight. Um, so obviously, um, 
they need to be upright and we're storing them where we store our tulips um in bulb crates no liners nothing fancy no wet no wet paper um just upright in bulb crates um and the way that we're able to do that without adding anything else extra into the equation is because we're storing thousands of them at a time um, in a relatively small space so when we do that um, that's going to bring up the humidity within that room and within that space um, similar concept different practice for peonies uh, for peonies they can be stored horizontally so we store peonies again in bulb crates um, 10 stems per bunch i think it's 12 bunches uh, per crate so 120 stems per crate um, and when we dry store peonies they need to be um, dry going into it um, tulips you can get by with a little bit of moisture on the foliage but peonies need to be kept uh, they need to be dry going into storage um, just because there's a lot more uh, foliage in the equation going into uh, storage um, and that's going to give off even more humidity um, so we need to make sure that there's you know if if you've been getting if you've gotten a rain while you're harvesting you're going to need to lay that product out inside a, a or under a covered space for it to air dry uh, before you can pack them into crates um, if we're kind of moving along with the season um, ranunculus uh, very easy to dry store um, those we're going to store inside of a cardboard box um, just because we're not storing an entire cooler full of ranunculus usually um, so we need to kind of localize that humidity as much as we can so just keeping it inside a cardboard box is more than sufficient uh, we actually use um, sh flower shipping boxes for that things that you can just get from your wholesaler um, because there's a top and a bottom piece so it's really easy to get into the box um, so easy peasy love it um, moving on with the season the big one that we would dry store over the summer um, is sunflowers uh, believe it or not um, they do really lend a hand to being dry stored um, again keeping them very very cold um, and we would leave you know a couple leaves on the stem right at the top of the of the stem right by the flower head um, for a few reasons um, if you were dry storing these for a shorter period of time so like a week um, then they are those leaves are going to be fine but if you go much more over 10 days then that stem that flower stem is going to use and pull some of the moisture that is inside that leaf um, to to keep the flower alive basically um, so when that happens when you go to rehydrate then you're going to have to remove those leaves but it was a, a resource that was used to keep that that plant alive um, moving into the fall season um, if you've got loads and loads of mums that need to be stored dry storage is a, totally an option um, and when we're talking about mums uh, for dry storage you know you, you're going to be talking about more of the button style um, the daisy style things that don't have super super elaborate uh, petal structure um, those are going to lend a hand better to uh, being stored horizontally in a box than others um, and and the one that i forgot about too was was lilies uh, lilies are, are fantastic uh, to be dry stored um, so tulips peonies lilies ranunculus uh, sunflowers uh, chrysanthemums they're all very very strong rugged uh, plants already 
Um, so they, 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 they work quite well when it comes to dry storage. Uh, when we're talking about rehydrating um, after something is in dry storage, you need to allow a little bit of time for this process to happen. Um, so when you do need to, you know, crack open a case of sunflowers or, you know, bring out 25 bunches of peonies, whatever the, the case is that you have for your specific need, um, we're going to want to do this the day before it's needed, wherever it's going. Um, and uh, it's very easy. You're just going to give those bunches or those stems a clean cut on the bottom, put them into clean water, and then put them back into the cooler. Um, rehydrating at a cool temperature is going to allow that plant to absorb water at a slower pace uh, because it's not having to uh, do as much transpiration as quickly so it can um, rehydrate a little bit slower which is just going to be easier for the tissue to rehydrate easier for the stem to do the whole process um, and then it's going to allow that flower to slowly open um, you will know that there are limitations with dry storage. You'll, you will definitely know if you dry store something for too long. Uh, the flower will look a little effed up. Sometimes you'll have petals start to drop uh, prematurely. Um, so those are all things that you need to kind of, you know, take some time to learn. Um, with your own cooler, what you've got going on, um, and uh, the, the, the crops um, that are uh, in, uh, in question as well. There we go. Storing your flowers. Um, so in this episode, we covered the three main things that we always think about when it comes to storage. Uh, we need to know our goal. How long do we need to store these things for? Is this, you know, an event where vase life isn't a huge deal? Is this a market? Is this a grocery store that we need to store for to build up product? Um, which ties into knowing your product. Um, you know, what influences do we have on the harvest date? What influence do or what what requirement is this uh, plant giving us um, in regards to to uh, harvest date? Um, and uh, in, in some of these things when it comes to the crop specific are going to depend on, um, you know, the individual flower itself um, because it's a lot easier to force along a tulip after it's been harvested rather than to force along um, a zinnia or lisianthus or whatever the case is. Um, so be aware of what you're storing um, and also know your space and its limitations too. So um, being realistic with yourself in regards to volume of space and the cooler unit that you have access to um, also really, really play a role. So uh, today's episode has been brought to you by Leo Burby Bulb Company from Marysville, Ohio, and they are our source for uh, peonies, tulips, um, lilies, lisianthus plugs, snapdragon plugs, etc. Um, so many of the tried and true things that really keep this industry moving forward, you're able to get from Marjolaine, Dave, and the team over at Burby's um, out of Ohio. Thank you so much for being here. Um, next week, this is the last episode of, of 2022, in case I needed to remind you. But um, next week, if you remember from last week, I gave you a little teaser. But uh, for the next two episodes, we're going to be talking about growing heirloom chrysanthemums. It's going to be a two-week process because we got a lot to cover. So uh, the first two episodes of the 2023 year are going to be on one of my favorite topics, um, which is very timely for right now because we are working on 
propagating heirloom mums, um, is going to be on mums. So you should be excited for that because I am, baby. Um, anyways, thanks for being here. Uh, please do follow us on social media. On Facebook and Instagram, we're under Clara Joyce Flowers. If you have questions or ideas for new topics, you can send me an email to drew at clarajoyceflowers.com. On our website, we've got merch, plants, rooted cuttings, and tubers, all available to be shipped at their appropriate times. And then depending on your streaming platform, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to this podcast to be notified on when new episodes are published, which, Insider Scoop, is every Friday morning. So with that, I hope you have a fabulous day. Um, have a rest of, great rest of your week, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, be safe, have fun, buy more plants always uh we'll just keep making more and um enjoy the ride and happy growing see you bye